But it is interesting that they all believe ethereal similar things. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Like, and if it, everybody believes there's someone in the volcano, there's... I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? There's probably someone in that volcano. <laughs> there is fire. Welcome back to the Bug and Rug podcast. As always, my name is Caitlin, and today I am here with Jack, Masu. This is uh, Dad Bruce. And today we are bringing you another story that may or may not keep you up at night. Hopefully, by the end of it, we will all still be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug. But only time, time will tell. See, it's catching on. Dad. I use that line now in different places. Good. And people are like, What's that what, are you, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, it's from a podcast. Well, I don't tell. Know. It's a pretty famous podcast. Dad Bruce. Dad, I should tell. Yes. Stop interrupting me. Dad Bruce's sweet tart wrapper is going to keep us up. Yes, if you hear any crinkle tinkles, which you're shaking your head no, but they're definitely already on here. And he's making more. What are you, trying to flatten it out or something? I am, so it doesn't make any noise. Too late. Okay, so anywho, this podcast episode was suggested by somebody, and I'll let you guys guess, somebody who's sitting at this table right now. Uh, this guy right here. <laughs> this guy right here. It's been a long time coming. I've taken a, a hiatus, a one that I wasn't prepared for, but I took anyway. <laughs> uh, and so we're back. And so we're going to talk about uh, the one, the only Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta, everybody. Come on down. Not yes. to be confused with Shasta, the soda. Oh, is that a soda for real? <gasps> oh. We teach them nothing. <laughs> We've taught our children nothing. Oh, uh, well, you know, they live better than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't have to, you know, drink. Well, you did, I didn't have to walk uphill yeah. both ways in the snow to go buy a <laughs> no, Shasta soda. No, no, no big K soda for them. Big K soda. Only brand name Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Nothing else. Dr. Thunder. (laughs) That's why they don't drink soda. Because it was all the cheap That's not true. If you look in my fridge right now, it's a Kroger brand mango and something soda in there. I think it's Kroger brand. I'm not sure. Something in cream. Is it like mango and cream? Yeah, I don't know. I've been buying weird flavors because I want to try it. But then if I don't like it, I'm still like, well, I have to drink this until I buy another one. So. Okay. I'm going to... It's been in there a while. It's been in there a while. We, I, now, when does soda expire? I don't know. I don't know. So anyway, we've talked about Mount, we're talking about Mount Shasta, and uh, Dad Bruce has sorry, there's a person walking down there. Has as we stare at the stranger walking, walking by, by the, the windows. House. And the, Should we invite him in? No. Should we invite him in to do no. the podcast? No. <laughs> you don't invite anybody in that's walking on a rural road 
talking on their cell phone. I listen in the rain. I'm not gonna lie. Listen, they might need help. I saw the UPS guy pull into the neighbor's driveway, and I knew he was coming to our house. And I did turn the lights off so he wouldn't knock. (laughs) And then when he got back to his car, I did. (laughs) Nobody can beat us. I already told you this story. What? Uncle Dean, Aunt Paula, all their kids, Dean, Amy, Kathy. All the cousins having a birthday party at Grandma and Pap's house. Jehovah Witness, knock, 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 and Uncle Dean screams, because the cake was lit with the candles, he screams, take the bar- take the party in the bedroom. And we all run into Grandma and Pap's bedroom and turn the lights out. Happy birthday. <laughs> I didn't know. And then you just hid from the Jehovah's Witness? Yep. I don't know who they thought all those cards in the driveway were for. Yeah, seriously. We did, so at Nicole's, we had that Christmas party at Nicole's, and two Jehovah's Witnesses came to the door, and her mom answered, and basically was like, no, like, we don't, you know, they could see us in there, and they're like, no, like, they don't want to talk, like, whatever. But she's like, but I will take your business card. And then she came in, and she was like, hey, Nicole, who's single and always looking for a boyfriend, she was basically like, here's their cards if you're interested. We were all like, no, 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 no. But... Request Jehovah's Witness like go to a house. Really? And I've definitely done that to my friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. I promise they're actually interested. You just missed them that Is day. Is that like a one eight hundred number? It's a it's a website Witness. form. If you just go to like uh, what's the magazine, the Watchtower, yeah. like to the website. Mm-hmm. You can just type it in and be like, oh, go to this address. I didn't know that. And they will. Crazy. And then, like, send you a mail, like, hey, they didn't answer. Like, right. <laughs> we'll try again. <laughs> try again. <laughs> uh, they didn't answer. We thought we heard people singing happy birthday, <laughs> but we just, I don't know. It was weird. It was weird. So, Mount Shasta, anybody heard of it? Dad Bruce? Why, why? without giving any spoilies away, right? Because I'm probably going to talk about it, but what made you. I don't remember. Request it. I don't remember. Because it's been a while. It's been a while. We were talking about something. I was looking up. I was looking up things that we were discussing. And maybe something came across my screen that said Mount Shasta is one of the places to go. To visit. A lot of people like to yeah. visit. Mm-hmm. That's very true. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, this was suggested with just a text from my father that just said Mount Shasta, nothing else. Nothing else. And then when I called him the next day, he said, hey, did you look that up? And I said, well, I didn't know I was supposed to do that. <laughs> but. Your father sent you a mysterious text and you have no care. What does it mean? Left. What does it mean? No, you don't do anything with it. I didn't even try to decipher it. Yeah. I didn't know if it was a cry for help. Like, Let's see. Maybe his location where he's been kidnapped. <laughs> we don't share each other's locations. I only have moms. So. That's your fault. You have to share it with me. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Mount Shasta, for those of us who don't know, is a potentially active volcano at the southern end of the Cascade Range in Siskiyou, Siskiyou County, California. Sequoia. Sequoia. And is Cascade right? Or is Cascade... Cascade? Cascade Range. Cascade Range. In, in, in California, the Sierra Nevadas go mm-hmm. from the southern part of California and go up into the northern part of California. The Cascade Range starts in the northern part and goes through Oregon and Washington. And this county, one more time, for those of Sequoia. us. Sequoia. Sequoia. You know what Such I did? Such as the Sequoia National Forest that has the redwood trees in Oh, I did look up how to pronounce some of the uh, Native American tribes in the area, Very but I did nice. not look up that. 
So, did you just have a flashback to riding in the car and asking your dad a history question, and then he goes on a tangent? <laughs> Aren't you glad that I'm here? Because you know what? The other day I did take a geography map, you a United States map quiz in the car, in the car, and I did. I would have passed. Okay. I would have. Pa- I would have passed. It was this when we were doing. Interstates? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You would have passed. I would have passed. We're talking about a D. No, Is no, I was higher about? than a D. I was, was higher like, than a D. It was like 78. 70. <laughs> listen, 78. listen. At least I, was, I'm working on it. It was... I'm mostly working on it because there's a lot of geography questions when it comes to trivia mm. at Generations. Mm. And the resident trivia person, if Jack's not there, Amy also moved and she knew geography all the time so i've taken it upon myself to become the united states geography there you go yeah good job yeah. yeah it was the new england territories and then i can get Western everybody Midwest. pretty much on the outside yeah the inside's kind of confusing. there used to be a uh, they're all square uh, they don't blur together all square. all the same shape how do you remember <laughs> i don't know except oklahoma <laughs> a school that i used to teach for one of the things now Way back in the day, one of the things they had was a geo safari, and it was just a, a machine. It looked like a laptop, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a laptop, of course. Right. And you'd put a little sleeve, a paper sleeve on there, and it'd have whatever quiz it was. You yeah. type in the code, and that's the answer key it went with. So, mm. so it'd be like the states, yeah, the capitals, right, the uh, whatever happened, the rivers, and so I would, you know, do that a lot. Just do it a lot. How old were you? I was in my 30s. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of funny, I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. Anyway, Mount Shasta, everybody. The mountain and surrounding area are part of the Shasta Trinity National Forest. So at an elevation of 14,179 feet, it is the second highest peak in the Cascade. Okay, now if it's if it's plural, is it Cascades? The mountain, the range, Cascades, 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 Cascades. The, the range, the range that they're a part of, and it's actually the fifth highest in the entire state. So the mountain dominates the landscape due to its complex shape. Hansitic yeah. lavas erupted about five hundred ninety-three thousand years ago, which created the base of Mount Shasta. The mountain has been molded afterwards by other volcanic eruptions occurring 15,000 to 20,000 years ago and around 9,500 years ago. Landslides occurring 300,000 to 360,000 years ago and buried glacial scars that were created in previous ice ages. So there are now four overlapping dormant volcanic cones that form the entirety of Mount Shasta. Hotlum Cone, Misery Cone, and Sargent's Ridge Cone make the main part of the mountain, while Shastina is a satellite cone protruding abruptly from the northwest flank. So it's kind of like one big mountain rangey thing, and then there's like one little one off to the side. Hmm. But it's close enough that it's a part of the same Mount Shasta. So in the past 4,500 years, Mount Shasta has erupted an average of every 600 years. According to USGS seismometers and GPS receivers operated by UNAVCO, 
Wait. Okay, hold on, I got it, I got it, hold on, I got it, I got it. We want to do a shout out to Scott and Alyssa Workman in Georgia. They're going to be joining the podcast at some point in the future. Hey, Scott. Listen, if you are you going to talk trash to him like you talk trash to Carly? Yes. (laughs) Okay, well, later, hold on, hold on. Okay, the monitoring network for Mount Shasta is formed by the USGS seismometers and GPS receivers operated by the UNAVCO. Um, thing. So they're monitoring mm-hmm. its activity. Sorry, I wrote this like a couple months ago, guys. So I'm a little... Wa- you know what? It's as surprising to me as it is to you, <laughs> which is pretty exciting, right? <laughs> so they have only recorded small magnitude earthquakes and no demonstrable ground deformation in the past 15 years. Although it is ge- geophysically quiet, periodic geochemical surveys do indicate that the that volcanic gas emanates from a a hole at the summit of Mount Shasta from a deep-seated reservoir of partly molten rock. Now, I say all of that to say that what that means is it hasn't erupted recently, but it's still very much it's alive. Not it's not dormant. Yeah. It could erupt mm. in general. Are, are people worried about it? No, but it could happen, essentially. It's alive. It's just not. It's taken a nap. You know, yeah. you know taking a nap. So although the first reliably, quote-unquote, reported land sighting of Mount Shasta by a European or American was by Peter Skeen Ogden in 1826, Native American tribes, including the Shasta, Aquanuchu, Modoc, you know, I look these up and now I'm nervous, Achamawi, Atswegui, uh, Karuk, Klamath, Winton and Yana have been settled in the area for some time. The oldest known human settlement in the area actually dates back to about 7,000 to 9,000 years ago. And signs in the area show that the nearby Sequoia Trail was used for ancient trade and travel between California's Central Valley and the Pacific Northwest. So although they just settled down there a couple thousand years ago, people were still moving in and out of the area to get to not necessarily Mount Shasta, but past Mount Shasta. So this specific trail was continually used well into the 1800s and Mount Shasta became a prominent landmark on many maps. So it became like a pretty big deal. Although it had been seen and named by many individuals, the United States Exploring Expedition led the charge to have it officially named Mount Shasta in 1841. So everybody knew it was a super big landmark because Native Americans used it along the trail. But then the 1800s, a lot of people specifically referred to it on maps that got, you know, passed around. And so then it was named Mount Shasta in 1841. So as more individuals began coming to Mount Shasta after learning about it as a prominent landmark, gold was actually found in the area in 1848. The California gold rush brought the first Euro-American settlers into the area in the early 1850s. So not long after the first recorded ascent of Mount Shasta occurred, Elias Pierce inspired many curious adventurists to follow after their climb in 1854. So James Hutchins published a book titled Scenes of Wonder and Curiosity in California in the next year in 1855, which contained an account of the of an early summit trip by John Muir, Josiah Whitney, Clarence King, and John Wesley Powell. And that also inspired people to come and actually start climbing it because it wasn't really 
All right, so we were so rudely interrupted by my cat throwing up. It's fine. Uh, she's fine. Everybody's fine. Anyway. It's the mountain. It's the mountain. It's, yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, it's talking about the We will climbing. not be talking about you know what. The last time we were on this oh. show. Should I? That's up to you. That's the, up to you. The last time we were on this show, we talked about a subject. It was in the wintertime. It was in the wintertime, wasn't it? In the wintertime? I don't remember. It was somewhere along the way. We talked about a subject, and we drove home late at night. Did you talk about a subject, or was it the one that Carly and I talked about, and then we talked about the episode? Maybe. You know what I mean? What did you, what did you and Carly talk about? I don't want to say. Okay. But there was a subject that was talked about, <laughs> I don't and we say. talked about it, and when I went home, we had a very unusual experience. We live up. We live up in the rural area of West Virginia, and we're going up in elevation, and we're starting to snow. And this being, this girl, this whatever it was, was in a, on part of a road that should not have had anybody on it. And as this whatever it was was sitting on a guardrail, I could not see her eyes. Her eyes were all shadowed out. Mm-hmm. She's sitting on a guardrail. She... She had only sweatpants on and a t-shirt, and it was snowing out, and we drove by her, and uh, Sue, Mom Sue, was driving. I said, did you see that? She goes, see what? I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> so I said it, would, it was either uh, the Black Eyed Children, which we have not talked about on this podcast before, yeah. or... Uh, person we it, will was, not talk about. it was a subject that if we talk about it, which we are talking about it right now. But we're not mentioning the name. We're not mentioning the name. We you manifest it into into being. Into being. Yeah. What episode was that? Maybe they can go back. What episode was that? Yes, you should go. Well, listen at your own risk. Apparently, you know what I mean. <laughs> but it would have been episode one thirty. And that one was the episode with Carly. So that was probably was it. Because uh, I even called the police on it. I said, ah, I don't know what's going on. but And they asked me if I stopped. And I said, nope. 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 And nope. 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 Not going to do that. Thank you. And you look every time I go around that. Every yeah. time I said, why was someone. I don't understand why someone would be sitting right there. Right there. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, I listen. Sorry. Now we got we to gotta move past that because now we've we've brought it into the universe. Yeah. And we've got to, yeah, right? Get rid of it. Bad juju right now. So. Everyone spit three times. <laughs> so, everybody came. Okay, now i got to start over a little bit. Everybody came for the gold rush in the 1850s. The first recorded ascent of Mount Shasta was in the early 1850s. One of the more popular people, one of the more well-known ascents was by Elias Pierce in 1854. After him came a summit in 1855 by John Muir, Josiah Whitney, Clarence King, and John Wesley Powell. That got super famous because they James Hutchings wrote like a story about it, and people read the story and this wonderful tale, this adventure that they went on, so people were, even more people were inspired to go. And then in 1856, Harriet Eddy and Mary Campbell McLeod followed as the first women to ascend Mount Shasta. Go, girls. You go, girls. So several poems, dramatic articles, short stories, and books were published about Mount Shasta throughout the 1850s and on, painting it as an ethereal landmark. 
Many people flocked to see what the grandeur was all about once the Central Pacific Railroad was completed in 1887. So it then became such a popular area that several resorts and hotels were built along the Sequoia Trail. Yep. Sorry, every time I see it now, I'm nervous. Um, In the early 20th century, the Pacific Highway followed the track of the Sequoia Trail, and Interstate 5 takes the same route today. So it's it's right there. Mm -hmm. Like, you can go, and people travel there a lot. So over 26,000 people flock to the mountain every year using the various routes in order to see the wonder that is Mount Shasta. Mount Shasta was declared a national natural landmark in December of 1976, but it has always held an otherworldly aura, which has drawn many people to call it the magical mountain. It is believed to be the focal point of positive energy and a place that would help bring world peace to mankind. What I'm saying is we we need to visit. We all should visit. Everybody in the world. Everybody in the world needs to visit, Mm -hmm. so we should visit. Wait, we just talked about climbing beehive so what's yeah. it like to climb mount shasta because i don't know if i'm you know what that. i'm not sure but there's a lot of different places you can like there's a lot of different trails from okay. like what i understand um so you can, I mean, there's something for everybody i feel like you know what i mean or you just go stay in a resort on the bottom of the mountain you know what i mean what yeah there's Absolutely. resources there. yeah just hang out there what are you doing i'm on my phone I'm going to look something up. Oh, hold on. We'll pause again. Okay, now uh, Dad Bruce has his phone, so he can take notes and Google things while I'm talking. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, if we go there, we could go through a guided tour of the mountain. So... Ashlyn of Shasta Vortex Adventures leads guided meditations, vision quests, and hiking and driving tours of the mountain's sacred sites. She states that people from all over the world, quote, come here for spiritual growth, healing, understanding more about themselves, figuring out what their life purpose is, and sometimes just to feel the energy. I'm in. I know, right? Some people claim that the mountain called out to them and walking through it reminds them of walking through a beautiful cathedral full of pure bliss. So. Are there hallucinogens involved? Probably for some people. (laughs) Probably for some people. Also, the volcanic activity can produce some. What? Tell us more. Speak into the mic. Sorry. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> In the, this, on this ASMR segment of the podcast. The gas is created from volcanoes. Can. Do a lot of different stuff. Make people hallucinate? That or kill them, yeah. Interesting. Let's go with hallucinate. Interesting. Mm. So maybe that is... Depending on how close you get. Oh, wow. Mm. Okay, so maybe that... Ha- Listen, mm. maybe it's the volcanic uh, fumes. Maybe it's just... A wonderful, natural peaceful, nas- natural place of, you know, wonder. Maybe it's... Interesting, I didn't know that. Outside, brought in recreationally. Yeah, maybe maybe it's drugs. Maybe it's drugs. We don't know. People found mushrooms on the hill and they took them. Yes, maybe. So several of the Native American tribes residing in the area believe that Mount Shasta holds so much power because it was the center of creation. 
Some believe that the creator themselves still resides in the mountain to this day, and they will often perform rituals in honor of the mountain to show their respect towards the sacred land and to attract the spiritual power that it emanates. Two specific Native American legends that are fairly well known regarding Mount Shasta are held by the Wintu tribe and the Klamath tribe. The Wintu tribe actually traced their people's origin back to the hallowed spring on the mountain. According to oral tradition, the Winnemen Wintu people emerged from the base of the Bulman, Fayuk, or Mount Shasta and have lived along the McLeod River Basin ever since. They celebrate their heritage through special ceremonies held every August for just the tribe and their invited guests at the spring that they believe their peoples originated from, which is pretty cool. So the lore of some of the Klamath tribes held that Mount Shasta was and still is inhabited specifically by the spirit of the above world known as Skell, who descended from heaven to the mountain summit at the request of a Klamath chief. Skell defended the chief from the spirit of the below world known as Leo, who resided at Mount Mazama, Scale through hot rocks and lava at the spirit of the below world, Leo, and that's how they defended the chief mm. and its peoples. So this presumably presumably represented the volcanic eruptions mm. seen by both mountains. Y'all right? That's Took a Smarty and then he drank coffee. That's, yeah. No, that one was bad. Something was wrong with that morning. <laughs> that one wasn't a smarty. No, just kidding. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow. We were supposed to just go with So, the Klamath people believe that Skell is still in the um, volcano, and that's why it's still a, a, a not. It's still not an dormant. alive volcano. It's not dormant because there's the the spirit of the above world is still there, ready to defend them with the lava and the rocks if they need it. And they will also hold ceremonies on the mountain for Skell. There are also recorded legends around the mountain related to the Mat- Mata Kagmi, which is the Modic word for Bigfoot. So in these Native American legends, the Mata Kagmi are protectors of the woods and of Mount Shasta. I can't find much more information on this, but they're basically Bigfoot-esque spirits, creatures... Hmm woodland nymphs whatever you would like to call them and they're there to protect the sacred land that is mount shasta and its surrounding area so non-natives have their own legends surrounding mount shasta and may i just say that these ones are literally insane insane but i digress <laughs> now mount shasta i, I looked it up because yeah. i was trying to figure out what it looked like for those why waller a smarty in my mouth yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. mount shasta if you are a lord of the rings type of person it's kind of like um the lonely mountain oh yeah it's it's in the cascade range however it's not in a range of mountains uh somewhere long ago uh, it was uh something happened geologically that uh, most of the area around it is maybe bowl-like or flattened out. Mm-hmm. And this mountain is a huge mountain that just rises from the earth. Yeah. So it's a solitary mountain, and it's just monstrous. Right, and that's why it's such a 
I think that's why I became such a big landmark because there's mm-hmm. not a lot around it. So that sure. one in particular, even though it's not super, I mean, it's the fifth largest in the state, which is big, but it's not like the fir- like the but tallest you'd or whatever. See, you'd easily say right. that's Mount Shasta. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially where it is on the trail and right. stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So one tale uh, in particular involves the hidden city of Lemuria and its capital, crystalline city, Telos, or the City of Light. Why is that crazy? There's a hidden city in there. Well, hold on. That's not the part that really got me, I'm going to be honest with you. So the story goes that the lost continent of Lemuria, named by a 19th century English zoologist who believed that lemurs had used this Lost continent as a land bridge to migrate from India to Madagascar. Do you see why I thought this one was a little bit crazy? Just had to get to the next sentence. Anyway, this lost continent allegedly fought with Atlantis, Mm. the other lost continent, causing both cities to sink into the ocean. The Lemurians then fled to Mount Shasta and hid their city in said mountain where the lemurs, while the lemurs were now stuck in Madagascar. They didn't take a single lemur with them? Not one lemur. Sure. Mm. So, anyway, basically this <laughs> underground city was a continent, fought with Atlantis, had lemurs. The lemurs ran one direction, the people ran the other. The people now live in Mount Shasta. The city of Telos, the city that they created, these Lemurians, is said to be filled with buildings that look like crystals and have advanced technology. Townspeople surrounding Mount Shasta have claimed to come into contact with the Lemurians a few times when the Lemurians, for whatever reason, have had to come to the local gift shops (laughs) to buy stuff. Sure. Probably Shasta. Soda. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> yes. So they stand out due to their seven foot tall stature and long white robes. Thus the big the big fit. Oh, they also pay with gold. I, I thought that, but Jack just pointed out that I missed that line. They'll also pay with gold and people are like, Yeah, we don't take gold, thank you though. Although wouldn't you take gold? I mean I'd take gold. If somebody yeah, offered I can't you, give I mean, you change. Do they have that on surveillance cameras? That would be awesome. I to didn't see. see any. I don't know. <laughs> You would think, but... So, my next line is says, Now, I'm not here to yuck any yums, but I'm not so sure about this story. <laughs> Did you hear Dad say maybe they're the Bigfoots? Maybe they are the in robes? Yeah. The guardians of Mount Shasta yeah. buying things in gold. Yeah. Oh, maybe they're undercover, though. Crossed. Maybe they're undercover. They're not actually buying anything. They're going down to the stores to see, like, okay, do I need to do any... You know, the protectors of Mount Shasta. So maybe they're like, they put, are these people... Maybe before the big feet, Bigfoot type of person was not in a robe. Yeah. But now they put robes on because society wants you clothed. Right. It's like a rena... rena not renaissance. Rena... Where you go undercover. Reconnaissance <laughs> mission. <laughs> where they have to go into the shops to get information. <laughs> take it back and be like, so do we need to? A seven foot person in a long robe. <laughs> Yeah, but that's like mom's pointed out, they've never been caught on camera. (laughs) So, so another story about lost civilizations under Mount Shasta comes from Guy Ballard. Guy Warren Ballard was a businessman in the 1930s who claimed that while on a hike, he ran into an, quote, ascended master. Hmm. Ballard later reported, this is legit, he said, 
It came time for lunch, and I sought a mountain spring for clear, cold water. Cup in hand, I bent down to fill it when an electrical current passed through my body from head to foot. I looked around, and directly behind me stood a young man who, at first glance, seemed to be someone on a hike like myself. I looked more closely and realized immediately that he was no ordinary person. As this thought passed through my mind, he smiled and addressed me, saying, My brother, if you will hand me your cup, I will give you a much more refreshing drink than spring water. I obeyed, and instantly the cup was filled with a creamy liquid, gross, Handing it back to me, he said, drink it. <laughs> I mean, if someone if someone gave you a creamy liquid to drink and you didn't know what it was. Yeah, okay. This mysterious man that was offering Ballard the drink identified himself as the Court of St. Germain, who was a spiritually enlightened being who in past incarnations were ordinary humans, but who have undergone a series of spiritual transformations originally called uh initations this individual said to guy ballard that they no longer come back to the birth death cycle that we are in because they have mastered the physical plane thus they are called ascended masters okay, okay. anybody have any questions hmm. i wonder if there's a lot of shrooms well okay <laughs> that's what yeah i know i know so my question is, if you were on a hike and you go to this place and you're there looking there for spiritual enlightenment or whatever you're there for, I'm not drinking. you're not drinking anything. If, if, the, <laughs> if, say this happened though, and the person said, you know, I can give you something much more refreshing and you said, you know what, okay, and then your cup was magically filled in an instant, you wouldn't drink it? If it was wine. <laughs> it's vodka. First of all, they all he broke the... The buddy system rule because you don't mm -hmm. go by mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And second of all, he didn't question it like he didn't. Right, that's my thing. Isn't that weird? See, my first thought after being in the, you know, podcast true crime business for a while now, <laughs> <laughs> hundred and thirty some episodes. I mean, hey, <laughs> basically a professional by now. But my first thought would literally be like, how do I run away from this man as fast as possible and get to the nearest person? Right? Yeah. Like, was he in a robe? Um, it did not say if he was in a robe or not. I envisioned I'd him in more, a robe. I have more questions if he was in a well, robe. Well, I don't know, because Guy Ballard said that he looked, he seemed to be like he was on a hike. Oh, okay. Yeah. But on second glance, he was no ordinary person. He had them good, good hiking boots on. <laughs> so who did he report this to? Like the police? And did they believe him? Like No, here's what okay. happened. Like, Guy Ballard. tell me? Guy Ballard wrote a book. I've heard this name. Called Unveiled Mysteries to, Ex to Explain All of This. As well as write down the Ascended Master teachings. From there, he and his wife created the I Am movement. Oh, I Am Activity. Excuse me which describes itself as an apolitical, spiritual, and education organization that allows individuals to learn how to dwell in a fifth dimension, then a sixth dimension, eventually attaining their ascension and move forward in the spiritual evolution beyond this planet. So this St. Germain told Guy Ballard how to do all this and then basically become a Doctor Who 
uh, time warping mm. dimension person. And then he wrote all this down and created this movement. And made no money. Made no money. And I don't want to say that it's a cult, but like, you know. He didn't make money? He wrote a book and then all these teachings. <laughs> and then sarcasm. I'm pretty sure that people came and <laughs> took lessons. He didn't. <laughs> He's doing something wrong. <laughs> That's what a cult leader would say. How dare you? It's for the greater glory of everybody. Right? Yeah, I guess. For the for the club. <laughs> well, it reminds me of that one where they said that, what was it, that one day that a spaceship was going to fly over t- overhead and take them yeah. with them and then... Doomsday cult. Right, and then he made everybody take medicine. They all... Mm-hmm. Well, yes, but yes, but different. Yes, different. different. So I'm not saying it's occult, but other occult religions, including the Summit Lighthouse and Church Universal and Triumphant, believe similar things and also practice near hmm. Mount Shasta. Mm-hmm. So if you go to Mount Shasta, <laughs> be careful. That's all I'm saying. I'm kind of fearful. Or go with an open mind. Go with an open mind. You never know. Just don't give them all your money and possessions. Mm -hmm. No, don't do that. I know we're not trying to be materialistic, but then they get you. You know what I mean? And then you can't get out. (laughs) Unless it's real. And if it's real, let us know. Unless it's real, and then you do get in. And then I guess, yeah, you're absolutely right. Email me, bug and rug. No. Bug and rug. No? B-I-A-R. No? B-I-A-R podcast at gmail.com? Yeah. Nobody emails me, so I don't know. (laughs) And Sharon emailed me once. So, so a lot of a lot of uh, I don't know ethereal, otherworldly, spiritual journeys going on happenings. But it is interesting that they all believe ethereal, similar things. Do you yeah. see what I mean? Like, and if it, everybody believes there's someone in the volcano, there's. I mean, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? There's probably someone in that volcano. There is fire. (laughs) Yeah, well, the other ones, I'm not sure. I didn't look up a lot about the other two um, that I mentioned. They might be offshoots of, like, Guy Ballard's Mm -hmm. teachings or his kind of thing. Um, I just didn't look up that much about them. Um, But, yeah, I mean... I think, I think in general, Mount Shasta is a very powerful place. I mean, you're going back to nature. That mm-hmm. in general, I feel like, is usually refreshing mm-hmm. in some way. So, I think it's easier to believe. I think we have our next vacation lined up. Mount Shasta. So, there's more. There's even more. On February 12th, 2020, people spotted a strange object in the skies above the potentially active volcanic peak. So much attention was garnered over the fact that this object looked like your classic UFO that U.S. Forest Service had to deny its extraterrestrial origins in an official statement. Well, you know it's true then. U.S. government said it didn't happen. Well, they corrected individuals' assumptions by explaining that the odd cloud formation was a rare weather phenomenon known as lenticular clouds, which form swirling loops that hover in place around especially high peaks. And let me show you a picture. These are really cool pictures. Did you see one? Uh, uh, everyone should go look this up. Yeah, yeah lenticular really clouds. L-E-N-T-I-C-U-L-A-R and then just clouds. It's a weather phenomenon. It's very interesting. 
I don't know if that one's the what? Mount Shasta mm-hmm. one, but that's what it looks like. It looks like uh, Dimension. So it looks, people thought it looked like your cartoon, not cartoon, but cartoony UFO, like the, the, you know, saucer shape with the smaller saucer shape on top. So that's what the. And just imagine, this is over a mountain that's Mm -hmm. so huge. It's a very vast mountain there. And then you have that over top of it. Mm -hmm. That would be overwhelming and for some Right. And there have been, this one was on February 20th, 2020, but there have been other sightings of this as well. So this isn't like the first, it's not common, but this isn't the first time that people have spotted this in the Mm. area. So, you know, the U.S. Forest Service denied it and they said it was the clouds, but... There have been hundreds of other UFO sightings around Mount Shasta, like I stated, and one resident by the name of Wallenstein, I don't know if that's first or last name, self-published a 652-page book titled Mount Shasta Sightings that documents photographs, dates, stories, and research of all UFO life in the area. So, I mean, he's got a lot of stories. So, who's to, wow, who am I to deny that they're all false? You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. There's also been, and I don't know if I have this in here or not, but there has also been a lot of people claim that the Lemurians that live under there have the advanced technological city of Telos because they have made contact with extraterrestrial life and they got the technology from them and so the 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 ufos are real and they visit these people underground because they share technological Hmm. advances does that make sense Mm -hmm. so you have i mean what some people just believe in the ufo sightings obviously but there's also a connection there that people have made to these underground beings, these mole people, if you will. <laughs> What'd you say? Mole people? There? I mean, tech, they live underground. There's holes. Just recently. There's holes. There's holes. <laughs> I, I, have, I have a little snippet on the Just holes. Just recently, mm-hmm. a hole opened up. Yep. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. So, if you don't believe there are aliens using Mount Shasta as a home base or mystical beings living underneath the ground, then how do you explain all the unexplained disappearances? Exactly. Huh? 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 Tell us about the unexplained disappearances. (laughs) So, I don't have a lot listed, but one of the, if not the most, one of the most recent, most famous ones was in 2011, a six-year-old boy disappeared for about five hours while playing in the woods. Witnesses said that he had just vanished and then reappeared as if nothing happened. A similar instance occurred to a man from Los Angeles who was hiking in the area when he heard a female voice from the forest. He appeared weeks later claiming to have been kidnapped by mysterious forces that led him to a very dark cave where an unusually tall woman with blue eyes and a strange uniform rescued him. So I'm not saying that he met a Lemurian, but I'm saying that he could have. That story also reminds me of the Stephen Kubecki one. Yeah. Remember? Yeah, he went on a walkabout. Yeah, and you kept saying, like, oh, he went on a jaunt, he went on a walkabout, he went to go find himself. So maybe this guy just went to find himself, and he ate the magic mushrooms off the magical mountain. Mm -hmm. Or maybe he's being taken by UFOs, or maybe these people are kidnapping. I don't know. Or he's Shasta up or maybe woman. <laughs> Stop. He's Shasta up. Stop. Blue eyes and a police yeah, yes, yes, yes. It's in a role play a little bit. 
before you took a shit in the woods and those Bigfoot guardians <laughs> said, no, sir. <laughs> said, absolutely not. But no, that, that, that's interesting, especially as a little kid. Yeah, there have been a lot of, a lot of, um, they're not very detailed. I didn't go into a lot of, I didn't look for a lot of uh, information, but there's a lot of, they vanished without anybody seeing them mm-hmm. vanish and then they just reappeared and we don't know what happened to them. We just found them. All right. So if you aren't convinced that the abductions that I just discussed were caused by aliens or Lemurians or, you know, regular hikers walking down the trail, how about underground reptilian overlords? Or mole people, I guess. Mole people, I guess. Well, yeah, I'm not saying that mole people and reptilian overlords are the same thing. I'm just saying that it could be one or the other. Or they're Mm -hmm. working together. So in the mid-2000s, a mysterious hole was discovered on this magical mountain. The only clues that the diggers left behind were a ladder, some buckets, and a plastic water bottle near the scene of the crime. An upcoming documentary is researching this story, essentially. It's called The Whole Story, and they are searching for answers as to who created the hole and what they were looking for. Now, this hole was like 60 feet deep. It was 60 feet deep, which is pretty... That's pretty deep, right? That's pretty deep. That's pretty deep. Six stories. Yeah. Five, five stories. And it was just there, and nobody knows why. Um, there are a couple main theories about where this hole might have come from. Um, some people think that maybe somebody was looking for gold? Question mark. Or they were looking for ancient artifacts? Question mark. Um, but other people think that maybe this hole leads to the Lemurians. Or that the lizard people are on, or mole people are using this hole to ascend up, and that's how they get to the Earth's crust. You know, to dug up or dug down. Right. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. So we'll have to maybe wait till this documentary comes out and see what happens. I'll let for right now. We'll just all. What do you guys think? What do you think? What do you think might have cost the hole? Here's your clues: a ladder, a couple buckets, and a plastic water bottle. A litter. Well, I was just thinking, I, why would Lemurians need plastic water bottles? Unless that's what they're buying down at the convenient marts <laughs> with gold. They're buying water out of water bottles uh-huh. with gold. Uh-huh. Instead of going to, like, the crystal springs that are around Mount Shasta. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, how- they have the cream stuff. <laughs> yeah, 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 they have the cream stuff. You're absolutely right. Wait, well, no, that's another story. Now we're just combining everything. <laughs> the ladder because there's no like 60 foot ladders that's true and, and where's the dirt or whatever that was in the ho- like what kind of hole like how would you get out if you were digging down there's no rope there's no pulley system but i bet it was on like an incline though you know what i mean Interesting. So Mount Shasta is a unique part of our land, affecting those who visit it in different ways. We should all leave people to their own beliefs about the area, whether that be spiritual, metaphysical, or simply from another plane of existence. Taylor Tupper, a Modoc Indian of the Klamath tribes who was raised in the Klamath Basin just north of Shasta, 
put it wonderfully when they stated, quote, people always ask me about UFOs and such, and I say I'm not going to go poking around in others' business. Every place you go is sacred or special to someone or something or was at some point. Treat it all with respect and your spirit will be in tune with nature and the creator and you won't be going against spiritual law. If you're going against it, nature will let you know. So I think we should just remember that when we go visit Mount Shasta next year for vacation. (laughs) So that is the end of my story. Do y'all think that you will, uh, do you think it will keep you up at night or do you think you'll be able to sleep as snug as a bug in a rug? I think I'll be okay tonight, but if we really do plan a vacation, I think I'll be nervous. I'll be nervous if we're there, and I'll probably be really nervous afterward. Yeah. Well, it might be a wonderful experience. What kind of vibe does it give off for all these people to feel the same way? Yeah. Mount Shasta's aura affects people in different ways. I think you touched upon um, just a little bit of what happens at Mount Shasta and the sightings and things mm-hmm. they see we were talking while we took a break for a moment we were talking about ley lines they mm-hmm. say that there's certain ley lines that go from uh, main places in the world yep. that have high activity and there's ley lines that are connected to these other high activity areas and some of them go through Mount Shasta. Yes. We talk about ley lines in episode 135, the ancient Ram Inn. Jack and I did an episode on it. It's the one where the guy got punched by a ghost. If anybody is interested. Remember, we watched yep. that episode. Yep. We talk about ley lines a little bit in that. And it's basically what he's saying. But I go into a little bit more detail in that episode. Because that one's also on a ley line. We were talking about you know UFO sightings uh, when they start talking about I mean, the amount of UFO sightings that are in certain areas. Someone did a top 300 list, mm-hmm. and Mount Shasta is number 13 on the list. So, yep. so there's a lot of different sightings. Now, are they are they the cloud formations, or are they something Other else? Um, I think it's, it'd be really interesting to, to keep looking mm-hmm. at Mount Shasta. There's so many different items that you could talk about, so many different um, ways you could look at this, mm-hmm. whether it was uh, UFOs, ley lines, um, people underground. There, there's so much that you could start peeling away at all these layers. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe you find the truth out there somewhere. Yeah. So why were you talking about Escape to Witch Mountain? I don't know why we brought that up before. I was br- I brought it up somewhere else before, but you said Escape to Witch Mountain, Mountain was based on Mount Shasta. <laughs> but, it, but it was. Maybe it was. Maybe it was, but I, I don't think so. But it, it, it reminded me of the movie Escape to Witch Mountain. Oh, interesting. Okay. Thoughts, feelings? Once again, it's far away. So, <laughs> so we don't have to worry about anybody yeah. trying to recruit There's us no volcanoes into... volcanoes over here, right? <laughs> recruit us into their cult. If you want to, though, I'll be... I'll be open to it, I guess. Going to being recruited into a cult? To be recruited. I don't know if I'm not joined. Join, okay. <laughs> I always told my mom, I was like, I kind of want to do, I kind of want to go and like go into the Scientology building and like take their test just to see what it's like. Just to see. It's a weird, I'm like, I want to join a cult just to see like if I could get out. Get the pay. Um, yeah. Why? What? <laughs> I want to see what it's like. Is that no. weird? But that's how it happens, right? And then you that get sucked in. Yeah. You never come Don't out. be curious because that's the point. Isn't there you a documentary about a, that, a guy who that happens to? 
I need to get on the documentary channel more. You've named like three. I should have already. I don't. Watched. I don't watch documentaries. No. I listen to a podcast that you. watches the documentaries it's for you. Yeah, the yeah. obsessed the, so the convention the we notes. went to the obsessed network to become okay. obsessed. They watch documentaries and then they basically. I mean, summary of it, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing, but. Mount Shasta, back to Mount Shasta. This isn't something that's just been going on the last 20 years. Well, no. Well, because even, and and it's, I've. We're going back, we're doing cross-culture between the Native Americans. That right. Were, that were in that area. They believed that that area had special emphasis and mm-hmm. special powers. And yeah. Things were occurring there mm-hmm. that was um, otherworldly. Yeah. And I, before we continue, I just want to say that I don't think that the Native Americans legends and lore and their stories and what they believe are silly. I think the Lemurians and those stories are very silly (laughs) because those don't... Levels in Native American religion are pretty common all over the U.S. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Either up or coming down. Oh, yeah. Because that's kind of what theirs was. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there's been... There's got to be something there that affects people so... Mm -hmm. Much because it's been happening for so long. Well, even if you even take the uh, legends and stuff about it, it's just like a fascinating place to go to when people discovered it. You know what I mean? People climb it all the time or used to climb it all the time. And um, it was like a huge landmark. So even just going there for the natural, just to walk through the woods, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, I think even that affects people. Mm Mm-hmm. In ways. It's just like Yellowstone or the Grand yeah. Canyon. Mm-hmm. There's some different kind of an awe. Right, right, right. Exactly. So we're all going? We're planning a trip? I wonder how close this is to Genesis. Opposite side of the state of California. <laughs> okay, so not very close. So Closer than we are. Not... Yes. <laughs> I can check if with you cousin. Take it that way. <laughs> I can that check with true. cousin Tommy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, any other final questions, comments, concerns, critiques? Be nice to me. I thought it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I was like, Thank you for suggesting uh, it. I liked, I, I liked it. It was interesting. Uh, and this is reading. just the like surface level. I feel Absolutely. like you, fa- you like there. If you look for it, there's more about the aliens right. and the different stories behind right. it. So you could delve, pick one, mm-hmm. and you could go down that rabbit hole. Right, right. And then you're like, "Ooh, it came up in the other one." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like the mole people. Like the mole people. <laughs> well, I, yeah. I mean, the mole people. I kind of made up a little bit, but but I mean, technically. <laughs> Okay, well, if you uh, want to see pictures of anything we talked about, you can go to Facebook, which is just Bug and a Rug. You can go to Instagram or Twitter. Those are at BIR Podcast. You can email me suggestions. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, I've got a waiting list. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can email me, BIR, no, BIR Podcast and gmail.com. Why do I always get that wrong? All of the resources that I use, I have a lot of resources because there's just a lot um, to look through. Those will be on the website, bugnarug.podbean.com. Now, if you've listened this far, I don't even know if Scott and Alyssa listened, but if you would like to, you know, trash talk them just in case they do an upcoming episode, oh. now would be the time. Now, now. Well, Scott is a pretty good, he, he's pretty good at geography and history. 
Okay, well, and now I can't do a geographical or historical. You, yeah, you may be in trouble. If I mention a donut shop in somewhere area, Alyssa, she's on it. Okay. She knows her donut shops. Haunted donut shop. That's <laughs> that's your specialty? Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, signing off, I'm Caitlin. I'm Jack and Dinah. <laughs> Mama Sue. Dead Bruce. Bye.